I'm catching on. Well, you know what? We have we have a we have a special guest on the line right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, he is the former ECW champion. He is the promoter right now for House of Hardcore. He's also a diehard New York sports fan. Uh, if you know you're a wrestling fan, you know the name Tommy Dreamer, and Tommy is with us right now. Tommy, how are you tonight, my friend? I'm doing great. How about yourself? You have Steve Spanup and Randy Zelia here in the studio. Um, you know, we were trying to figure out which way to go with you on this interview, and I know you're a sports fan, and we do something here called Something or Nothing, and we're in the midst of it right now. So if you wouldn't mind, if you want to join in with us, let us know if these sports stories are something or nothing, if that's okay. Absolutely. Okay, well, I'm going to go back to one we were just talking about before. The Cleveland Cavaliers rested LeBron James, uh, Kevin Love, and Kyrie Irving. This this came out from multiple media outlets. They they rested all three of their main stars. They didn't even travel with the team on the second night of a back-to-back. Now, you as a promoter, making sure people get their money's worth, is this something or nothing? That is something. Uh, I get resting players, but, hey, these guys are making lots and lots of money. Uh, there's also people are paying see these people as a promoter it's putting butts in seats and you don't want to see guys uh that are main draws uh not play uh i actually went to a Cavs game this year i went to a preseason game and then i went to uh a game where they all played the preseason game was eh. when they played it was uh on fire so it is definitely something uh if you got to rest rest the guy i would say rest lebron one day rest uh love the next and rest Irving the next. Yeah, that would probably be the ideal way to go, right, Tommy? I mean, you, you're giving something to the crowd. You're not really taking away from the, from the people who are paying money uh, to watch this game. Uh, yeah, and as well as, uh, you know, if I'm a coach, I want to field the best team possibly at all times. It's about winning. Uh, the Cavs are a phenomenal team. Guess what? You start losing or you keep on resting your players, then uh, you won't be that coach much longer. All right, now I, I'm going to go back into your field a little bit here for something or nothing. Uh, John Jones and Brock Lesnar both suspended from the UFC for one year for failing a drug test. Is this something or nothing? Nothing, uh, simply because Brock was uh, pretty much going to be a one and done. Uh, and, you know, they have Conor McGregor. They have uh, Ronda Rousey. They have other stars, and in kudos to UFC. UFC has become the biggest brand and the only real unlike boxing where there's really only two draws, UFC the show draws uh, as opposed to just the you know, one guy. Steve? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that's uh, you know, definitely a, 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 a upcoming uh, um, you know, organization, UFC. And uh, I like to see them have more, uh, more matches in um, and more fights in uh, in Madison Square Garden like they did this past one, too. I thought it drew a lot of people. There was a lot of people uh, tuning in just to watch it because it was an MSG. Do you see that happening more uh, towards the future? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know they're already set for uh, Barclays. Uh, if you're a customer, you want to uh, go to those shows. You know, hey, I went to a UFC show at the time. It was the hottest ticket in town. I think uh, the one thing, because I did know a few people that went, they were like, I got there at 6, and I got home at 2 o'clock in the morning. I think you want to uh, scale down the amount of uh, matches you have, and you know maybe hire a. Uh, I'm from wrestling, and I think you know WrestleMania at four hours is too long. I could not sit, you know, uh, eight hours uh, or six hours to watch uh, any event. 
Yeah, I think we actually touched upon the subject too right after that match. Me, uh, Randy, and I on our show. And uh, what do you see them doing? Do you see them cutting matches or maybe even moving up the times of uh, of, of, the, of the start? Because I know that out in Vegas, it's it's different. You know, they're on the West Coast time right there. It's three hours behind as opposed to ending at two o'clock in the morning and ending at eleven o'clock at night. Uh, it's more ideal for that situation. Can you see them moving the time up a bit or just cutting the matches? Uh, I look at, you know, what the NFL has done with, you know, having football games, which I personally love uh, early, early that are broadcasting, you know, here. But, you know, they don't play that early uh, over there. I think it's, uh, you know, it's pending on where you are. You have to fix and adjust your card. Uh, or just have a different replay. I know it's hard when you're doing live pay-per-view, but you know, offer a different replay when you're, you know, doing doing it because you know who wants to sit. I don't want to do anything for six to eight hours. Yeah. I don't even want to watch television for six to eight hours. Yeah. You performed in Madison Square Garden. Can you talk about that experience? Uh, as a as a kid growing up, I've been to so many Madison Square Garden events. You know, uh, actually got involved with professional wrestling because my father was a season ticket holder of the New York Rangers. And, you know, when you're a young kid, you grow up liking the team that your father, you know, kind of forces you to watch at first until you start to, you know, make your own decisions. And uh, the game was snowed out on Channel 9, and then they showed, you know, wrestling from Madison Square Garden. I was hooked. And I would go to Ranger games, Nick games, and then once wrestling hit my life at nine years old, I was just, you know, a wrestle wrestle-obsessed person, and, you know, I was at WrestleMania 1 as a kid, I was at the show, I used to go to Madison Square a lot, and I want to say it's, you know, going up those old escalators and just that ambiance is just amazing, and I love when you finally walk out to the main, you know, stage and, like, how it sinks down when you're there for a Rangers game and you just, you know, all these people coming together, you know, let's go Rangers, let's go Knicks. It, it's just awesome. It stinks when your teams lose. But uh, <laughs> as uh, wrestling fans, it's it's amazing, amazing experience. And to me, you know, I, I've been blessed to see a lot of, you know, great things uh, at that building. And, you know, they it's the famous saying, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere uh, because it is the mecca in sports <laughs> entertainment and the mecca in sports you know everyone wants to play the garden you know whether you're uh wrestling basketball hockey or even you know dog show whatever yeah it's (laughs) yeah exactly what it is you know you're billy joel you want to play there you're an upcoming band you want to sell that place out i mean i remember i was at when andrew dice clay sold it out you know four nights in a row and it was just like it was the main ticket to get yeah, the atmosphere is always electric, no matter what you're going to see, too. Like you said, concert, you know, sporting event, doesn't matter. As a as a hometown kid uh, growing up, did, I mean, what was it like just being in front of your, your hometown, just, you know, be, being able to perform there? Nothing like it at all. You know, uh, the one time I wrestled uh, the last hardcore match where uh, myself and Rob Van Dam were going to unify the Intercontinental title and the hardcore title. And uh, after the match, I was just, you know, Full of emotions, you know, and I started to cry a little bit, and I went to the back, and, and you know, uh, Vince McMahon looked at me like, what is that salty discharge coming out of your eyes? <laughs> but, uh, she cry, and I remember sitting on the steps, and Stephanie McMahon came up to me, and, you know, she 
kind of tapped me on the shoulder. She said, "You're all right." I was like, "I was just it was a big deal for me, you know, because uh, for me, I you know went there with my father, and he was no longer you know alive, and uh, it, it's it's amazing the reception. I was there last uh, December 26th last year. I wrestled uh, me and the Dudleys versus the Wyatt family, and a sold out building was amazing to me. But you know, to me, there was really for my daughters to see their father work in front of a sold out Madison Square Garden and see you know 26,000 people chanting Tommy Dreamer because uh, they're old enough to realize hey that's a cool moment and I'm happy that they got to see a moment like that for me and it's just you know I've been blessed to have a lot of great moments in my career and that was definitely one of them you know, you also talk about great moments of your career, and I recently got watched on the network that you guys had the ECW, uh, I guess it was the panel. The, um, yes, ECW Untold. Uh, yep, yeah, and um, can you talk about that type of, I guess, relationship you have with Taz and the Dudleys and Paul Heyman, where you guys can now sit back and just reminisce of what you guys created, because you guys started the big boom period in the 90s. Yeah, uh, uh, it was great, and... and you know, the, the one thing that we kind of, like, realized while we were there, that the first time we were all, I mean, we were inseparable, all of us, every day for, man, at least five years. Forget about my relationship, you know, that I had with Taz, because him and I were, you know, together forever when we first started. And, you know, but it was the first time we were all together, and I think it was, like, uh, since 2005, so it was 11 years. And, you know, there was, for a long time, a lot of animosity. Uh, there was a lot of issues, you know, because of, and we addressed it, but it's, you know, hey, it's time heals old wounds. It was great to be there and just, you know, tell stories and talk about the greatness of what, you know, ECW was and how it was awesome for the industry. Because a lot of times, you know, and we still to this day have that chip on our shoulder and, you know, a lot of us don't feel we get the kudos that it deserves, uh, from WWE, but you know that was one time where hey, they actually acknowledged we were, we were something. Well, I, if you don't mind, I can disagree with you a little bit here because I think they are giving you guys the kudos because in that situation they're not really doing WCW panels, airing them on there. You guys have really said it, and I'm, this is coming from the fan in me coming out and saying it. You know, I look back and I watch some of the old ECW footage, and. Uh, Times have obviously changed. Like obviously, WWE is a publicly traded company. They're not going to be able to do figurines with Mattel if we're still in the Attitude Era. You know what right. I mean? It's, we're at that point. But the legacy, you know, it hasn't happened since. And I think that's something that you guys should be, you know, obviously extremely proud of. But you know, I do think, I, I think the ECW. The, the last time we had spoken to the people from the network about the highest rated shows, the ECW footage is probably the highest. You know, some of the highest rated stuff that's on there. Right. Well, no, I'm saying for the longest time we didn't get that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying now. I apologize. No, for the that one time it was cool that we really did uh, get that, and you know, we were really, really happy because trust me, there was there's so there was a we could have probably done that for. It could have been a weekly series for how much uh, stuff we talked about. It was kind of rushed towards the end, um, a little disorganized, but it again, it all worked out in the end. And it was the funny part was a lot of it was uh, edited, and uh, the real thing we all just started arguing and uh, yelling at Paulie. But that's kind of how we used to do anyway. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was really really fun time. 
I, I haven't talked to you since this happened. What was your reaction to CM Punk uh, entering the octagon? So it was, you know, a, a lot of people gave him, first of all, brilliant move by UFC. A lot of people gave him uh, a hard time. I don't, I have been in real fights. I can never become a professional fighter because I have to hate you. I have to say, um, you're going to try to harm my family and then I will try to beat the crap out of you slash murder you. I can't be a professional fighter where, hey, I'm going to fight you and then uh, forget about it. Let's go have beers. For the fact that people are like, oh, he's having a hard time. He's a huge fan, but he trained his butt off to do it. He was also, he's much older. Uh, he got it kicked, but he's training for another fight. And it's a great move from uh, UFC because if you think about it, anytime he would social media tweet anything or he was the talk of the town, uh, and something, he, he's a great spokesperson. I think if he should, now that he has had a fight and he has, he'll have another one, he could become the next greatest uh, UFC commentator of all time. Um, Tom, we want to bring this back to something or nothing again, and we want to talk about Ronda Rousey, her return to finish the contract out with the uh, UFC. You think this is something, or is this more of nothing? Oh, that's definitely uh, something. I think uh, she will become the next WWE Divas champion the moment her UFC contract uh, disappears. I could probably see we could expect her at the next WrestleMania and uh, and so forth, and uh, and and beyond. I think she's going to be a huge star uh, in professional wrestling. Just like Brock Lesnar. I do think it's something also. Um, she made quite an impact when she was in the ring with Triple H, Stephanie, and The Rock a few years ago. Um, I think that what makes her different um, is she was, I think, one of the first women fighters to actually have a brand outside of the octagon where she's wanted in movies and wanted for TV shows. Um, I think, you know, once... I compare her with Tiger Woods, where after their brand took a little bit of a hit because they got so wrapped up with their celebrity, once it came down to who they are, they realized, you know what, there's more to what's going on than just me being Ronda Rousey, the fighter. And, um, you know, from, that's from, a, I guess, from a, a, an outside perspective. Tommy, I don't know how you, how you see what I just said, but I think, you know, once Tiger realized he can't be Tiger Woods, the celebrity all the time, he now focuses on his family. And he's not that you're going to have to kill me to beat me type of mentality on the golf course. So I think yeah. I think Ronda's starting to feel that a little bit now too. Absolutely, I think uh, her brand was you know as popular uh, or more so. Uh, the hardest part about the fight game, and I totally agree with Vince McMahon uh, on this. The when you are having a real contact sport. Your moment your career starts to decline is the moment you really start to lose. You think of the rise and fall of Mike Tyson, though he became the draw, but you know a lot of people towards the end are like, yeah, he's just fighting because he needs the money. Uh, if you're not trash talking like Muhammad Ali, they'll everyone you know was talking about the greatness of his prime, but they weren't talking about when Ali was fighting later on in life, uh, and that's. You know the sadder part of what those type of athletes uh, have. If they can cross over, uh, you know Muhammad Ali's brand became huge after he fought. There's a lot of fighters 
who you're only as good as your next fight and you know hey you're super duper popular and then until hey what's you know what's going to happen to me now uh so i i think it's it is definitely something i think it's a great i agree with your point because her brand is super duper hot and if she can transfer it to professional wrestling stay in the limelight do some movies do stuff like that she'll be a star for a long long time yeah i agree with both of you guys too i uh i want to say this is something her coming back to the ufc was uh essential to her brand uh and moving forward with that she needs to come back she needs to finish finish out the contract and and track the, all her fans again so let's move it over to baseball i know you're a big baseball fan uh a role chapman returns to the yankees uh, is this something or is this nothing definitely something uh huge contract for a reliever uh closer i uh I think Mariano Rivera probably was like, man, I should have come back a couple more years. <laughs> um, but he's great. Uh, I love the haters where they're like, oh, his arm was going because he pitched three innings. Uh, it was a great deal. The Yankees needed a lot of uh, parts this year, and getting a closer is one of them. I mean, I was a huge Andrew Miller fan. I loved uh, Batantis Miller and Chapman, uh, but I like. I really do like Kansas and um, Chapman. I think it's a huge deal for the Yankees. You have a closer, and he's there to close games. And you know, New York has a great history of you know closers from Sparky Lyle, Goose Gossage, John Wetland, Mariano Rivera, and uh, you know Chapman. As a Yankee fan, do you, is it possible to rebuild in New York? I think they did. You know. Uh, we if you remember towards the trade deadline, everyone's like, man, they're actually like only a couple of games out. Uh, I like the signing of Matt Holiday. I think uh, they have a few, still are missing a few pieces. Uh, I get the we're trying to uh, rebuild. Can you rebuild? Yes. You look at uh, uh, Sanchez. When he came out, he was putting butts in seats. And if these players that who are these top prospects can excel and I want to say from wrestling get over or just play really really well you uh, you can have a great team fielded out there I just really wish they would have uh, picked up Chris Sale man I thought that was a uh, mm-hmm. he would have been great for New York either the Yankees or the Mets I'm a big you know like I said sports guy New York sports guy I wish it was funny in the beginning of the year last year I uh, tweeted out the Mets should trade Matt Harvey and Lucas Duda to the White Sox and, you know, everyone's like, are you crazy? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and Sale, he's just been a beast for quite some time. And I, I think if the Red Sox are primed and ready, it's it's going to be the Red Sox all the way this year. Yeah, personally, as a Yankee fan myself, uh, I'm scared of that the Sale signing. I mean, you know, we see we might see him only five times a year. But, when you know, when the uh, end of the year comes down to four, three, you know, five games, then those five games that we're going to see him actually matter nowadays. And uh, I think the the park Yankee Stadium is actually geared for uh, a strong lefty pitcher too. So he's he's gonna he's gonna do very well uh, for them. Against of Ron Guidry, uh, if he would come to the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's it's definitely uh, scary that they have sale, but uh, I still think the Yankees are rebuilding. I think we, uh, you know, they have they'll have they'll put some you know players together. I think they definitely need a pitcher though. You know, they lack that big time uh, thrower. So. Yes, they definitely need to pick up a, a starter. 
There's not a whole heck of a lot out there. Uh, To me, I think it's so hard if you're a fan of the New York Yankees and, you know, even if you're a fan of the Mets and, you know, you're going into a a season where, well, we have a lot of these missing pieces. Uh, You need guys to really, really step up. And uh, you want to see your favorite team. It's all over, but you want to see your team like, okay, I really want them to compete. But New York has a lot different atmosphere because of the press, because of the price of the tickets. So, uh, you know, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it most definitely will. All right, so NBA and MBPA uh, agree on labor agreement. Is this something or is this nothing? Nah, I say it's nothing. Uh, It's not a big deal. Uh, I don't think it affects the, if you're looking for a fan perspective, I don't think it affects uh, the fans. Um, so that's that. I, I think the only reason I think it's something, it's because I think fans of any sport don't like to see a lockout. And this had to get done before the season was over. Otherwise, they're going to have another work stoppage. So I think it's just good that it, it got done so there's no real interruption of the off season, and they can just get everything done and stay on schedule. That's the only reason why I think it's something. Steve? You know, uh, part of the same reason, reason I think it's nothing, though. I, I'm going to say I felt like this this was going to get done regardless. Yeah, because they, they, I agree with you on They that. needed to get this done. NBA is up and coming. It's a very exciting sport to watch right now. As you were talking about how they want to um, – Tommy a little bit earlier that we're going to shorten games. NBA is shortened, you know. It's, it's that two, you know, two two and a half yeah. hour game already. You know, you know when know? it's starting, you know when it's ending. Yeah. Usually home by a certain time. It's it's a good thing to do. And, yeah, it's not a four hour baseball game or a four hour football game that you're going to see. You know, so right. I think this is a, is something it is is nothing that I thought it would, it would get done already. Um, Tommy, last one for the something or nothing that we have on the list here is it's another baseball one. Baltimore Orioles GM. Uh, Dan Duquette said he doesn't want Jose Batista because he, you know, he says the fans don't like him. Is this something or nothing? This came from ESPN.com. Is this something or nothing? Uh, I think it's we don't want to spend the money, and it's an easy way to get out of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot picture. It, I you know kind of go back to you know the boss George Steinbrenner. He would not care. If someone was the most hated person in the world, uh, back to back to when I feel the Red Sox and Yankees rivalry was a real thing. Uh, if he could pick up any Red Sox player that he thought was going to help him win, he would. And you know, I'm talking back from you know the '70s or the '80s. So I think it that is it's a nothing, and it's an easy scapegoat to get. Uh, well, hey, we don't want to go after one of the top guys because of, uh, hey, you know, we don't want to spend that money. He's an older player. Uh, I think he would do great in Baltimore, but I just think that was, hey, we don't want to spend the money for him. You know, uh, I'm going to say it's nothing. I, I don't even think he's a, a great fit for that team personally, you know, so uh, yeah, I, I just really think it's a, it's a nothing situation. He shouldn't be in Baltimore regardless. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's anything spectacular. Um, to, to switch over into wrestling for a minute here, Tommy, um, Talk to me now about working with, and you know, Steve and I have talked about this before. Working with Vince McMahon, is he really large, like that larger than life personality? Uh, absolutely. I mean, a lot. Of, first of all, most people will not realize that you know, I worked in the office next to him. Uh, first of all, his office was always my office froze because he always had the air conditioning on. <laughs> and uh, which is fine for 